morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to this iteration of Faster Than a Stand-Up. I'm Brent Lamont. Today, we're going through our cloud culture series. And on this next iteration, we're going to have a conversation about end-to-end ownership and collaboration. And joining me, friend of the pod, Jesse Marchand, who's part of the DevOps team here at Enablement Operations on ISBN at SAP. You know, I really wish we could have shorter titles for this, but there you go. Jesse, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Hello, and... Happy almost Super Bowl Sunday. There you go. So when we're recording this, we don't know who won the Super Bowl, so please don't tell us. And also joining me is a soon-to-be friend of the pod and Cincinnati Bengals fan, Dirk Lehman, who's CICD Program Management here at SAP. Dirk, greetings and welcome. Hello, and thanks for having me. Of course. Thanks for being here. So as part of the end-to-end collaboration and ownership, and I'm just going to mix them all up because they seem to go together. Jesse, you want to give us a little overview as to what that's all about? Yeah. End-to-end ownership and, and collaboration uh, typically is, is framed in, in the terms of owning all of the activities uh, from ideation all the way to running software uh, uh, in production and, and operating it. Uh, and, you know, we, we're going to talk a lot about, I, I would assume we're going to talk a lot about value streams and, and some of um, team topologies and some of the other things uh, about why end-to-end ownership is important. Um, but I'd like to sort of make a starting statement that it really just comes down to information flow and decision-making. If you are able to own the end-to-end stream and own the end-to-end value stream, we're really trying to put the decision-making as closest to where the information is and make the best decision that helps the entire flow and speed and, and safety of that value stream. So that's uh, probably a lot of concepts in, in a short uh, opening statement, but but I think that's really what it comes down to. And, and it's all about putting uh, the decision-making where the information uh, is most detailed, most granular, and, and, and being able to make the best decision possible uh, across that value stream. So, Dirk, thoughts on that? You know. Yep. No, I can just echo what, what Jesse said. And, uh, and um, I think it's important to, to have this, this notion of the value stream to understand uh, this concept of, of, of system thinking. Um, to 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 see where, where where the value is and I, I i always like to quote john willis like one of the godfathers of, of devops and who says the value stream is that thing from the aha moment to the kaching moment right the aha moment is the thing where you have an idea how to improve uh the business how to how to solve a problem and the kaching moment is the moment where you incentivate it for them being it um monetary wise or just getting the kudos and the high fives and and everything in between that touches this 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 thing that solves the, the problem that's the value stream so you know we talk about value streams one of the things that i know the that we talk about on uh, as part of cloud culture and as part of this content is cross-functional teams and i'm curious what part of cross-functionality, I'm going to start with Dirk on this, what part of cross-functionality is most important when it comes to adding uh, this kind of value? This, I think, always depends. I think you always have to have to see who directly touches that service or that product that you are building. 
And um, for this, um, I think what, what comes in quite handy is, is value stream identification. So making up your mind together with everyone who, who has a stake on that, like, what is it that, that we are trying to, to build? How do we want to solve that? And which, 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 which parts, which people do we need? Which resources do we need? Which information do we need at which point so that we can build this thing? If you do that exercise, from my experience, you're already on a, on a very good road in ensuring that the right information, and Jesse said this completely correct, that it's about having the, the it's about information management. Who needs which information, where, at which time? Um, you have a lot of that already covered if you if you have understood that flow. And I think a lot of organizations that we see today still think in well in in the org chart. Like where are you in in your company? And then people always answer like, yeah, well, I'm in in this organization and I'm reporting to da 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 da. Actually, what we are interested in is like, where are you in regards to the value stream? Mm -hmm. People basically should, should answer, well, I'm getting the requirements from this and that team. And we, as a team, work on it and, and code it so that we could, together with operations, get this thing running. And then it's more in operations to do the you know, the daily operations thing and, and, and something like that. So that the, that the coordination system is no longer the arc shot, but the coordination system is where in the, in the value stream or the value stream network, if you, if you want to extend that, most probably there, there are multiple of them, but, but locating yourself in, in, in seeing yourself as a, as a, as a um, part of that value stream. So Jesse, when it comes to doing a value stream like this, and, you know, I was listening to what Dirk was saying and I, I, what popped into my head was teams that are not really created around a value stream, but teams are basically here are a bunch of bodies and they do this thing. How do you take a team that is organized in that fashion and turn it into something that's more along what you and Dirk have been talking about? I'll answer that, but but I do want to add another oh, thought and comment yeah, yeah. back on, on Dirk's, Dirk's uh, notes um, and, and answer a little bit of the last question too, because I think it's it's really, it can't be repeated enough about what, what he was, was saying. And, and um, I had the pleasure a few years ago of, of interviewing one of the Hasso Plattner uh, uh, winners uh, and, and, and talking with their team about what made them successful. And if, you know, they, they talked about things like having direct, you know, connection to their sponsors, getting, uh, and, and stakeholders, and in essence, customers getting a lot of information. Um, uh, and, they, and they were working on a novel problem, too. So they're working on something that had never been done before. Um, it, it had to deal with basically some AI ML case routing uh, data, but uh, working on a novel problem, they didn't know how to solve it, but ha by having those like sort of frequent iterations, the touch points, um, owning, you know, that problem all the way from ideation into putting something into production, that ka-ching moment in essence, um, they, they owned that whole portion and, and really they, they said it was a really fun place to be in because they, they were saying, I can see the problem and I can try and test things to fix it. So 
Um, you know, I think going back to kind of some of the themes, being able to do that not only is is you know great for for flow, it's also great for teams. It's just a fun thing to be in, and and it shows in, in the results. But um, you know, to answer your question, for teams that are organized and and you know for as as a uh, a part of that value stream. The first thing to, to realize is to recognize you are part of a value stream. And, and one of the best ways to do that is to do a value stream mapping uh, exercise, which brings together all of the, the teams that um, and, and basic steps that are needed at a, at a probably 20 to 1,000 foot level, so to speak, um, and, and mapping that out to understand, hey, what exactly is the process and and not at a super detailed level but at a much larger level that it takes to get from an idea to the kaching moment and uh, what are some of the key metrics or what are some of the things that we look at which which include typically um, cycle times and defect rates uh, as part of that process well what i think is an interesting way of looking at a value stream map is because Value stream maps can work with teams that have nothing to do with engineering because every team has a value stream, whether they know it or not, and it helps them identify where their process can break down or where it can be streamlined and improved. Dirk, I'm curious, for a value stream map, and I have a feeling that we should probably do an episode or two on value stream maps. I wonder if we're going to have a DevOps series, Jesse. Hmm. Um, where do you think where do you think the value of value stream mapping is? It is in 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 um, in uh, surfacing the information or the knowledge that is in most cases in somewhere in the organization being it in, in wiki pages, documentation, the org chart, and mostly I would say in the brain of in the brains of some people, surfacing that and making that explicit. And then aligning that with others and seeing, oh, that's how you thought this thing's going? I thought it's going that way. And then getting into the discussion and, and saying, okay, well, well, what actually is this thing that we are working on? And then aligning on that. And this has nothing to do with, you know, oh, the, you are demanding that we have to change the org and I don't want that because I am a manager and I have my claims. No, no, no. It's really like having um, beyond silos, putting things on the table and saying, so this is how I see how that thing works. Is it the same way as you see it? And then finding out the, the differences between that and then aligning on one and saying, okay, so that's it. So then we might have an idea to, to find the, the constraints and, and, and the, the hiccups in the process where this thing is not you know, perfect or not optimal. Yeah, plus one to that, it really, really is important to build that shared mental model of how the flow works and, and shared understanding. And then aligning on, okay, what are our biggest bottlenecks or causes of defects in that value stream? Because it's very easy to focus on your own area and, and fix problems in your own area. But um, if you don't know the, where they are in, in terms of the entire value stream map, you might actually just be creating more work for someone downstream of you uh, and may not be actually helping at all and maybe making their, their part of their process fill uh, even more overwhelming. So 
shared understanding, shared mental model, aligning the problem helps build empathy for the whole process and ultimately should lead to better, better flow and results uh, as measured by speed and quality. And at the end, it's, it's um, I mean, exactly what you said. It, it, it is uh, at the beginning, um, it is about, um, if you step one step, if you go one step back, it is about information management. Mm-hmm. How do we know which information has to be at which point in time at which person? And it, it, especially in larger organization, it is like often that people say, well, but I can't know anything. No, it's not about that you as an individual, you know everything. It's just that you take a step back, you know, surface and see, okay, what's, you know, where am I in the value stream? Where, how is this information flowing um, to, to have a, to have at least a, a minimum understanding of how, how things are going and not as you just said, um, Jesse, that people are going very vertical and have no basically or very few ideas of what's happening you know, to the left, to the right, to them, um, understanding uh, what the constraints are and then making decisions that, that have uh, implicitly or explicitly an, an effect and some other part of the value stream where, where, where they didn't know of because, well, they didn't have the information. And I think when we, when we would talk about that, I mean, I think we most probably blew up the time of if we just talk about how to, to manage the information and how not to overload people with, with information, how to, to manage, you know, you just had it at, at the, in the introduction that the team team topologies and, and the cognitive load, how to make show, sure that people are not, you know, drowning in information and, and having too much cognitive load. Um, yeah, I think this is, it's, it, at the end, it, it's really about bringing information, surfacing information that are there, making them explicit, and then managing that the right information is at the right people at the right point in time. And that's a perfect place for us to put a pin on this because we're running against time. What I want to do is ask both of you, do you think we could go a little deeper, have a little more conversation on this, say, in a parking lot episode? Okay, cool. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to say that's the end of this iteration. I'm Brent. And Jesse. I'm Derek. Until the next iteration, give us a five-star rating at your podcast provider. Reach out to us on mail at info at fasterthanastandup.com, or you can find us on Twitter at Faster Standup. Thanks for listening. And that was Faster Than a Standup. The opinions on this podcast are solely those of the participants and not of their employers.